0: Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of iRoll, a Volvo Cars podcast, where we talk about the news happening across our company, both in the Americas region and around the world. I'm Hannah Caton, and I'm here with Jim Nichols.
1: Hello, Hannah. Always good to see you again.
0: Good to see you, too. I I don't see you enough from across the room in our (laughs) little area in the office.
1: That's certainly right. And uh, it's been a busy few weeks. Of course, the biggest thing that we've been working on together has been moment two, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as the sustainability moment, where... We made some pretty bold claims as it relates to sustainability for the company.
0: We did. We, an- we announced what uh, I believe it's safe to say is one of the boldest sustainability visions in the entire industry, and, and that is that by 2040, we aim to be a climate-neutral company. And this is, of course, very ambitious, and it's also important to note that this is a decade ahead of the recommendations that are found in the Paris Agreement.
1: Right. So the Paris Agreement was a bunch of concrete actions which was seeking to limit uh, global climate change to one and a half degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. And the key here is concrete. So we hear a lot about sustainability from a lot of other companies and it's a lot of visions and things like that, which of course ours is a vision as well. However, we have committed to very concrete steps in order to achieve this vision.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a layered approach, I would say. So. There are a lot of things that we that we need to talk through to get there, but as a first step toward this ambition, what we're trying to do is reduce our own life cycle carbon footprint by 40% between 2018, so last year, and 2025. And then there are a lot of very specific actions that even go into that. Mm-hmm. So in the near term, we are looking at a 50% reduction in tailpipe carbon emissions per car. A 25 reduction, uh, 25% reduction, twenty-five reduction per car in operational carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. So that includes, um, importantly, those coming from our manufacturing operations. Right,
1: and logistics.
0: And logistics. Uh, a 25% reduction, again, per car in supply chain carbon emissions. So, you know, we have to get our par- partners on board as well. And a 25% share of recycled plastics will be included in every new Volvo car by 2025.
1: That's right. And, you know, of course, with this as well becomes the, the new targets for, electrification. And so Hokan Samuelson has made the commitment that 50%, the vision is that 50% of our volume uh, by 2025 is of electric cars. And uh, that of course is a huge number. Yeah. Uh, and is very aggressive. But it's very attainable. Uh, especially when you start to look at the uh, the beginnings of of kind of the electric car arena. The T8s in the western region, specifically in California, are, are doing exceptionally well. Um, when it comes to the XC40 BEV, which we also showed, uh, which is called XC40 Recharge, uh, we received our handraiser, We got to our hand raiser goal by the time that we even had launched the car. Wow. And we've already received several hundred orders. Wow. Um, so the, that car, before anyone has driven it, and really even before anyone saw it, uh, was always becoming very popular uh, online. So there's a lot to look forward to with that.
0: So it's really showing not only the popularity of our XC40, which of course is a very popular car, but also the hunger for from our consumers for electrified vehicles. And and you mentioned the commitment from Hogan that we will have 50% of our cars sold um, being electric, but the other 50%, those will be electrified in some way right. as well.
1: So it'll be the PHEVs and and the mild hybrids. PHEVs, of course, are plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. So let's take a step back and look at the phrase recharge, right? So when we refer to recharge, we're talking about anything with a plug. So whether that be the plug-in hybrid electric vehicles or the full battery electric vehicles. So very similar to how other car companies use phrases like e-tron and things like that to identify their kind of electric with a plug Power trains. That's what we're doing when we refer to recharge. So you'll have an XC90 recharge. That would be the, what we know today as the T8. You would have the same with an XC60, S60. Those would all be referred to as recharge when they come with a plug option. Uh, then the mild hybrids will eventually come where there will still be electrified, but they will not be referred to as, as recharge. Now what was interesting, of course, about the BEV is the capability. So you're talking about a 0 to 60 time well under 5 seconds. Uh, We are still waiting for the EPA's range estimate on the car, but we do expect it to exceed 200 miles. There's Mm -hmm. been a little bit of confusion out there with people trying to make a straight conversion from the kilometers on the WLTP cycle, which is in Europe, uh, straight to miles. We can't do that. we we learned from the XC90 T8 is we do have to allow the EPA to go through all of their machinations and sure. the testing before we can come up with a range. So we are confident that it is going to be well above 200 miles, that it is going to be very competitive with the other electric luxury cars that are on the market and we're very excited about it.
0: So talk to me, Jim, about some of the fantastic features in our XC40 Recharge beyond its electrification specs. I mean, we have a fantastic infotainment system that I hope you can talk to us a little bit about.
1: So we saw a little bit of the new infotainment system in in the Polestar. And of course, now we're starting to see it in in the Volvo XC40 Recharge. And then once the XC40 Recharge is out, we'll start to see it come throughout the entire Volvo lineup. And the look and feel of it is generally the same as what we have now. We still have the four-tile system, which is very important. We have a patent on that. Uh, But the entire operating system is now going to be based on Android. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of keys to that. One, of course, is that we get the benefit of Google Assistant. So if you use our voice recognition system now, you have to understand certain commands the way that the computer can understand them. I'm hot or I'm cold in order to move the HVAC. Now, thanks to Google Assistant, you can say it in almost many different ways. And because of the AI that's built into Google Assistant, it can translate that into what it is that you want to accomplish in the car. So whether it's turning on the radio, turning it off, volume, HVAC, all these other things you can do now through this platform. What's also nice is that we are essentially replacing the navigation module with Google Maps. And so with Google Maps, that gets fully integrated into the gauge cluster and also into the heads up display. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your car now and you're using Android Auto or Apple CarPlay as your navigation, you know that you only have the map in the fourth tile. Now you'll have it integrated throughout the entire screen. That's great. And then finally, we have the accessibility of of the Google Play Store. So Volvo on the census system has actually done pretty well in getting third party companies to come in and build apps. Pandora, Spotify, and all those type of things. But that's a, it's a tougher ask when it is a unique platform. Now on the Google Play Store, we've opened ourselves up to all these different vendors that can create software that is going to help the, make the experience in the car all that much better. Mm. And so when you put all these things together, it, it really is looking to be a bright future for infotainment in Volvo cars.
0: Hmm. That's fantastic. So we're going where the developers go. We yes. are. Um, we're getting on board. That's fantastic.
1: And you know, with that too, we're still one of the only ones that have done it. We were the first car company to sign on for this to do it uh, fully integrated. GM has recently come out and said that they are going to do it as well. But the benefit of being first is that we had a very heavy hand in how Google developed this platform. So there is Volvo written all over this thing, and it is going to serve our needs and serve it very well
0: that's excellent so best-in-class infotainment system we have seen based on hand raisers and you know general interest in the car that that our consumers are interested in in an electrified vehicle but we know there are still holdouts i mean that it is no secret so I know that we have some things up our sleeve um, around how we're going to get more consumers behind the wheel of these cars. Can you talk a little bit about the offer that we unveiled last week in order to help boost that?
1: Yeah, so the real key to conversion is it's easier to take customers from a plug-in electric hybrid to a fully electric car than it is taking them from an internal combustion engine car, an ICE car. Um, into a fully electric car. Phased, so yeah. we really see the PHEV as that stepping stone because what the PHEV does is it gives people the psychological safety net of a gasoline engine because the number one concern that people still have is range, range anxiety. And so when you have that gas engine, people feel confident that, yes, you know, this this car is going to do what I need it to do. And as a matter of fact, I was just... Um, I was just out and, a, and about the other day, and I was talking about electric cars, and it was actually, it was actually my dentist. And he, he says, you know, I'd love to buy an electric car as soon as I can identify that they get me from A to B. Hmm. He goes, <laughs> they can get you from A to B right now. But there is still this conception among consumers that it's not good enough. Now, the research that we've shown is that once people live with an electric car for 30 days, the anxiety of range goes away.
0: You just have to get them in there.
1: You just have to get them in there because what happens is we talk about range in miles, right? And most people don't have a clear concept of how many miles they actually travel on a regular basis. I
0: totally agree. I mean, from my own perspective, I I travel, I don't know, 20 miles every day to get to work. But the time spent behind the wheel is significantly different here than it would be if I was driving in the middle of Wyoming. So the perception is so different depending on where you are.
1: Right. And, and And that's that perception issue. And unfortunately, when it comes to people with perception issues, we can't just say, no, that's not right. No. We, have to work with, you know, we have to work with that perception. And that's where the PHEV happens. Now, what we found with the PHEVs is that people were only charging the battery a little bit more than 40% of the time, which means that they had the second electric motor. They had all these batteries. They weren't using them. They were using them as a regular gasoline car. And that's a problem. It's a problem from a sustainability standpoint, because there's advantages to using the electric powertrain. It's a problem from a performance standpoint. Uh, The car is, of course, now much heavier on a gas engine and things like that. And we want people to make that transition to uh, electric electric powertrains. And if they're not charging in, they're not getting into the habit. So we came up with a new program. And it is is a global program where, through on-call, we would have the ability to read the amount of electricity that a driver is using to propel the car. Mm -hmm. And what Hokan Samuelson and the rest of the um, executive management team has decided is that we will provide a cash refund uh, for the equivalency of that electricity. So this is the way that it would go. Sometime this spring, uh, Volvo On Call will be updated so that it, it can, if you opt in, read how much electricity that you're using. From that point in in that spring, spring 2020, to a year out, so spring if you had purchased the car, to spring uh, 2021, we will read how much electricity has been used in the car, and then we will multiply that times a national average electrical rate per kilowatt hour, and then we will issue you a cash refund. Hmm. So what's very different about this is that in the industry, most people are used to talking about uh, free charging. Right. right and the issue with those free charging offers is that those are offered at public charging stations this is being you're being rewarded no matter where you charge it so when you're charging it at home overnight i charge my t8 over home, uh, at night over, at home, in my garage, and on a 110 outlet, not even on a special charger. And, and I still get the full juice overnight. Well,
0: that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. I mean, and perhaps I'm admitting ignorance here, but I didn't realize until quite recently that you could plug a car into a traditional outlet in, in your house. Yes. So it, you don't need, It takes longer. It takes longer, but you're able to do it, and if you're plugging in overnight, right. I mean, you're fully able to do it at home. And yeah. I think, you know, in general, we just, the industry has a lot of work to do to educate consumers on these on these issues and this is a fantastic way to push that forward so
1: i'm going to have a regular outlet in my garage i installed it to start up my snowblower (laughs) um you know i run the the turbo charge cable which comes with every car i run that i run that from the car into my garage i park the car outside and overnight every night i have a full charge Mm -hmm. and on weekends you know i live in the suburbs on weekends i'm able to do all of my errands dry cleaning supermarket stuff like that on a pure electric charge So, there is a lot that can be done, but you have to do it first. And I will admit, I was even skeptical uh, when I had first gotten it of saying, well, I'll be able to use pure electric on the weekend and stuff like that. No, you know, I've done it. And the same thing with plugging in in my garage. Like, well, I'll plug it in my garage, but how much is it really going to do? Makes a difference. It really does make a difference. So, you know, in this scenario, any PHEV that is sold in the United States in the month of October forward is going to be eligible for this program we won't be able to start reading the electricity usage until the spring we'll have another another announcement about come out with that okay and then it will be a year from that if you were to purchase a car let's say this july this upcoming july it's a year from when you take delivery okay so you know it's this year of, of you know free quote uh, electricity which some people have used what it really is is a rebate based on a national average mm-hmm. and even if you do nothing which we don't encourage <laughs> but just the regen in the car of the brakes generates electricity and then uses it in the battery. So you'll get something. You'd get something. Right. Um no one else is offering this type of deal. Everyone's making deals with public charging stations. This is very unique in in the space. And I think once customers realize how unique it is, I think it'll be a, a good closing point for people on the floor.
0: I totally agree. So the Volvo recharge refund offer one year from when you take delivery to the, of the car.
1: That, that's right. And, of course, we, we begin taking that clock starts in the spring. So if you buy a car today, mm-hmm. your clock will be a year from when on-call starts reading, which we expect to be this, this spring.
0: Excellent. Very good, fantastic. Thank you for the wonderful insight, Jim. Um, so, uh, a lot of talk has been happening around the sustainability moment, of course. But I do not want to eclipse the, um, the really, you know, a Herculean effort that our Canadian team um, undertook uh, two weeks ago, just before thir- Thanksgiving, um, for their uh, Canadian retailer conference. So they were in beautiful Vernon, British Columbia. And it was a really busy week of knowledge networking, a chance for everybody to get together and kind of reconnect. You know, they they met when we did our national, or excuse me, our regional retailer conference in February. But um, really, this is the first time since uh, since Matt Gargis who took over um, a few months ago as their managing director, has had the chance to kind of rally the troops together in one space. So, um, really, our you know wonderful wishes go out to them and congratulations on a great event.
1: And a tremendous amount of work goes into those things. And I worked very closely, and so did. You you With mm-hmm. Matt, when we did the regional one. So, if Matt, you're listening, <laughs> congratulations on your own in, yes. in Canada. I, I have heard nothing but great things.
0: Yes, and, and we're excited to, to have you back down for the regional retail conference again next next February. So, that's right. Uh, it all comes full circle.
1: And February's going to be here before you know it. Yes. And um, of course, February is cold. You know, I noticed up here in Rockley, we had our first frost. A few days ago, which killed all of the mosquitoes.
0: Ooh. Yes. Excellent.
1: And that is always a day that I celebrate, (laughs) uh, is when all the mosquitoes die. But it is getting colder. And uh, it is always, of course, as we approach Thanksgiving, we always think of things that we need to be thankful for. And one of that is that for most of us, you know, we have... Uh, you know families we have the ability to afford coats and and food and everything else but what i love again about the customer service team and the Otomke, uh committee is that they always think about others so right now there is a coat drive that's going on uh, out of the rockley facility
0: mm-hmm. that's right so if you're in rockley if you're in the vicinity of rockley if you want to send coats to rockley um, the otomki committee is gathering those in the lobby there's a donation bin and really, just bringing in any lightly used coats that you have that you're not using anymore, both adults, adult and children-sized coats are accepted. Um, they will make a big difference for the families who they're collecting for in Bergen and Rockland counties here in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a great program, and uh, I know we do it every year, and every year it's always amazing to see how many we can fit in the lobby.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And its I, I come from the West Coast, and we have winters there very mild. I mean, you know, 40 degrees Fahrenheit most of the time. Winters here are brutal. And coats are so important. I mean, especially when we think about, you know, coats for children. So really anything that you can bring in is is going to go a long way.
1: So the next time we talk will be November.
0: That's pretty scary. So I've been asking you for the last couple of podcasts, what are the Halloween costumes planned for your children?
1: Yes. And so my son is going as Dash... From the Incredibles. Excellent costume. And uh, I think every family member has bought a costume for my six-month-old daughter. <laughs> uh, but very insistent that she—if you know the movie Jack Jack, which is the baby—and in, in uh, that—and in, in that. So yes, we will be an incredible family, both literally and figuratively.
0: Uh, I love it. Okay, yes. well, I can't wait to see pictures.
1: Yeah, well, no, no, pictures of whatever you're going as. I mean, I you're in New York City. Yet. Yeah, New York City. <laughs> it's gonna be. I mean, quite interesting. It's always interesting to see Halloween the day after in New York City because a lot of people are still in their costumes and um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting place. It's an (laughs) interesting, interesting
1: time to ride the subway.
0: Yes, indeed. indeed. (laughs) Well, Jim, thank you. It's always good to catch up, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks.
1: All right.